This is Marshall Fant. Thank you for joining GFA's Missions Podcast ReChurch. So glad you're tuning in to this next episode. Uh, the purpose here at ReChurch is to equip churches to help them equip disciples to continually make disciples. And this particular podcast will be a podcast number two. The topic is pastors without churches. So how do they become a church a pastor would want to come to? So this is important to talk through. And I've got two special guests that are back with us. Paul Stevenson, welcome back. Thank you. And Paul's wife, Susan, they have been pastoring in Pennsylvania for years, and now they're, they are part of our interim program. I'll explain them in it. And uh, David Shove, welcome. Oh, thank you. And David and Trina uh, pastored in Illinois. And they're also part of the interim. So what Paul and, and Dave and about 12 other couples do here at GFA, they go into churches that are currently in transition. A pastor has retired or resigned and don't have their next pastor. And so interims come in to help them kind of be anchors is what kind of what I call them, to help them continue to grow in between pastors. But, but churches are vulnerable, and churches need to get themselves ready for the next pastor. So that's the topic of this part two uh, podcast. So where we kind of left off was I wanted to address this topic, uh, and Dave, I'll ask you to start. So membership, attenders, records, roles, where do you start if a church doesn't know? Well, there's an interesting pattern for me, and I, I mentioned this to Paul earlier, but it just seems like when you walk into a church, there's not a good attendance base or spreadsheet for the interim or the upcoming pastor. Okay, so why is that so, so important? Why is that a big deal? Oh my goodness. You need to know who, who is who. Okay. And so I take whatever data I get and I put it in my phone. So then I label it as at this church, it would be faith Baptist Palmer. Right. And then I can do a search faith Baptist Palmer and everybody that I put in there with that, designation will pop up and I can pray for them or I can discover where they live or I can maybe start identifying them with certain notes. All right. So for but those, you have to start somewhere. Yeah. For those you that know. don't know Dave Schof, Dave is the ultimate under shepherd. So he is very relational. Okay. So where I'm thinking, why is it important is for voting. I'm thinking the rigid, I'm thinking, okay, <laughs> we don't want attenders and not members voting. That's but, uh, Paul, you got to comment on that. Well, now this goes back just a little bit to the bylaws, but there should be something in there that states who are voting members, yeah. who are non-voting members, that they're in active status, and also perhaps an established quorum uh, when it comes to church business meetings. Yeah. Well, that's that becomes a disaster if you don't know who the members are, whether they can vote or they can't vote. So uh, I do think uh, practically it's it's very, very important to be able to establish all right, because as you are either getting ready to vote on a pastoral candidate and you don't know who's a member and not a member, mm-hmm. or you're trying to change a constitution like we talked about and you don't know who's a member and not a member. So, Dave Schoff, would you put this pretty high on the list of getting data together? I, I think it's one of the top documents that yeah. I look for yeah. and I would think another pastor would look for. Yeah. But right. I look at it on another level, and that is, who are these people? And so if you can imagine a spreadsheet going along the top and you have attenders' names, last name, first name, address, email, phone, birthdays, anniversary, children's name, relatives in the church, that type of thing. 
Yeah. And then on the left side, you have all the different names. Boy, does that help. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's going to help. the tenders in on that, too. All right, so let's frame this. All right, so, you know, the people in the church have been there probably a long time. But you got a brand-new pastor and his wife and family moving in. And the, outside the pulpit committee, they probably don't know who everyone else is. Is that good, right? So yes. this document you're talking about would almost be their link to the church. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So not only a requirement for voting, but this will help the new pastor kind of understand how he should be relating, right, to the, to the members, attenders coming in. Is that fair? That's yeah, fair. and I would, I would really, I want to know, let's say the wife is a member, but the husband's not. Right, yeah. Put that's his key. name in there, too. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. And put the children's name and the occasional attenders, because right. I want to visit those people. Right. So all this is preparing the church to help their next under-shepherd. Yes. Yeah, okay. Paul, you want to follow up with anything on that? Yeah, my position where you have all all the people available so the pastor can at least minister to them, I think is significant, but also, and I think Dave already mentioned this, to have another list of who are actually the legal voting members of the church, the right. active legal voting members of the church, so you know how much of quorum you're going to need for a business meeting. And I, I would say you may want to, now this is a, just a practical thing, to find out when was the last time the membership directory has been updated, has been updated. <laughs> yeah, good point. Uh, I had, uh, you know, working obviously now the church, I asked for the membership list. They said, well, we have not updated that for years. Mm. They got the list. I said, are all these people, you know, members? They said, no, half of them don't come any longer. They haven't been coming for a long, long time. Wow. So we're addressing that issue, but I, I think some of these things can be taken care of prior to a pastor coming. Okay. All right. And I yes. think, and if we review this, this probably be the number one thing because then you really can't vote on a constitution update until you know who your members That's are. Very important. Yeah. Okay. Yes. All right. And if somebody's birthday is coming, you can do spreadsheet search and find out yeah. whose birthday is every month or anything like that. Right. It's a yeah. powerful tool. Yeah. I think again, like one of the keys you said, okay, if the husband's a member, the wife's not or vice versa. It really it, it gives you a lot of insight on how to pray and minister to that family. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or the kids don't come or whatever. Okay. All and right. then if there's relatives coming. Yeah. Like, oh, so and so's a relative. Oh, that's a that's that a sister in law or something. Makes a difference. That's good to know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's move on to the next one. Several more here to hit on again. Churches that are without pastors becoming the type of church a pastor would want to come to. And, Paul, you brought up an interesting thing. Leadership should be transparent about recent problems or problems currently having or have had. You want to address that, please? Yes, I I guess there could be a natural tendency. They don't want to expose all the weaknesses or problems to the next pastor. Yeah. And I understand that. It's hurtful, maybe, and it's embarrassing. But I do believe that significant problems should be, shall you say, Articulate or brought to the surface. For instance, in the pastoral realm, there may be something that should be written down about the reasons for why the previous pastor is resigning right. or has resigned. Instead of just kind of covering it over, I think that should be written down. And there may be very good positive reasons, or maybe there was some awkwardness there. 
I think added to that is is the former pastor living in the area of the church? Yeah. Or is he continually as a member of the church? And are there any mm-hmm. problems related mm-hmm. to this? Yeah, and I think if, if if there's been a a lot of people that left, this has been a church split or financial struggles not being able to pay the bills. This needs to be communicated. There needs to be transparency so a man knows what he's getting into. Yes. All right. Dave, you want to comment anything on that? Well, every church has its skeletons in the closet. There we go. All right. Say um, that again. There's no perfect church, right? <laughs> okay. All right. Nor, nor pastor. Yeah, we're perfect pastor. There we go. <laughs> but I think the present attitude about it mm. communicates a ton, yeah. even more than what the problem is. Okay. Like, oh, we had a you know church split, but boy, have we learned, or there's what whatever. Right. Or the pastor left because there's some problem people. But, you know, this is how we're responding to all that. Mm. So I, th- I think the present attitude is part of whatever the past issue was. Good. Yes. Good. Great point. Paul, back to you. Anything else on that? Well, that what Dave just mentioned is pretty significant because, I mean, you can have problems, but if they have a good spirit and really spirit of humility and asking God for guidance to help them move ahead and yeah. look in the windshield instead of the rear view mirror right yeah time, I, I think that's really important oh yeah yeah i think the topic is how to communicate this to a pastor coming in and i think if a church is transparent like this he will have far more confidence in coming knowing what he's getting into instead of questioning possibly what what he's getting into because I think most pastors will check out the church from people yes. they know, and I think it's better coming from the church leadership than coming from someone else. Y'all want to comment on that? Oh, 100%. Okay. Yes. A pastor should research the church as much as the church researches the pastor. Absolutely. Right. Okay. All right. Other things that come up that to help a church, again, become the type of church a pastor wants to come to, when Dave listed this, I think we all think it's important, and I want to let him say what it is, but I don't think this is nitpicking. This is, I think, crucial. Dave, you want to introduce it? Oh, my. <laughs> I've been blessed to have had some wonderful electronic uh, equipment. I've purchased most of it myself, but when I've gone to three different churches, the Internet has just been atrocious. All right, so these are churches without pastors you're going into. Yes. Okay, I just wanted to frame it as that. And you go in, and there's just no internet at the church or at the parsonage, or you finish well, it. I don't want to speak for you. Well, uh, sometimes it's okay at the church. It's just terrible at the parsonage. So for me to go download a photo or to use Facebook or anything like that, I have to go to the church to do that. One place the internet was so bad, and as well as the cell coverage, I had to walk in, into the town to make phone oh, calls okay. or to receive phone calls. Another church did not have internet at the church, nor the parsonage, wow. and so I used up all my data. You know? hmm. Out of the churches you've helped, Dave, how many did not have a not so much a Facebook page but a website? Just a church website. One, one of them had nothing. It did not have internet, Facebook, website, signage, okay. anything like that. So that was pretty difficult. But we got it up and running. Okay. <laughs> Paul, have you faced such problems? Well, yes, I would say the church that I'm going to now, they struggle financially. So 
they did not have internet service. We have that up and running right now. Okay. They did not have a website. And I said, these are essential for us to be able to actually look for another pastor. So we were able to get the funds together to the generous donation of another church. And so we're, we're doing this and they see that as a priority. So I do believe in our day and age, it's significant to have at least at least this minimal technology available. Okay, because when most of the lake people in church are going home, they have it at home. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Or maybe it's an, a couple, an older couple that doesn't still doesn't do that. But I think it's important for the church to understand they need to be current in technology. And this is, it would be another, something else the new guy would not have to do. Is that? Yeah. Is yes, it, correct. They should be able to do that without it. Okay, go ahead. Well, I, I think a church that hasn't got a significant presence of a website or Facebook, they're missing uh, the millennial generation and younger. Yeah. Because yeah. they'll typically check you out on the Internet before they even come. Sure they will. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. What Dave and Paul do, again, they are interim pastors. So, again, they come in to help a church in this situation. So maybe your church leader listening to this, your pastor's resigned or retired. Maybe, you know, you call me or call GFA Missions, and we can put you in touch with a man who may be able to come and do this. Because you've heard Dave and Paul, they have walked churches through this specifically. And so that's the reason I wanted them to talk through it, because they have done it. So in, in the last five minutes or so, Dave, did you want to add anything else to the Internet? Well, I know some pastors come and they homeschool their kids. They yeah. need internet. Right. Uh, families come as a pastor and they want to talk to their other children or, or family members and they use Facebook. Yeah. They might want to use wireless printing. I'd say get a good color laser printer yep. for the church. There's just a lot of that type of thing. Even presentations at the church. Is right. there is there a screen? Is there a projector? I mean, what what's there that he can use? to present something. Yeah. yeah. And I think most missionaries coming through are presenting something digital, you know, in the digital format. Okay. And I think it, it would just make the church seem far more up to date. Again, it would be one less burden on the man coming in. And I think that's right. what I want to keep saying. Okay, Paul, you got anything else to add to that? Well, just, uh, this is very subjective. I realize, but I think that the leadership should have somewhat of a overall evaluation of the health of the church. And with the transparency, mm-hmm. are there divisions currently right now in the church that need to be addressed? Has there been a church split recently? And now are the people like discouraged and need to be healed? Are there church disciplinary matters that must be attended to? Just a few examples of being transparent and perhaps all of it's positive, but at least it can be evaluated. Yeah. And, of course, men like Paul and, and Dave can do this. I go out and do it. We have men that can help you. Really, the three questions that I always ask a church, I said, you need to know the following three. Who are you? And I think Paul did a good job in, in defining that in the beginning. Who are you? Where are you? So what what is your community? You know, people with no faith live in the community. And then what's the next step of faith you need to take? And, of course, a church without a pastor you need to be making these, but you need to be calling your next under-shepherd, but you got to be ready to do that. Okay. Yes. Okay. Dave Schof, any Pastor Schof, any closing comments here as we wrap all this up? Well, uh, what we just talked about in the last podcast, as well as this one, is a little bit of consulting work. You yeah. know, you can do it from within. 
but maybe have another person, maybe from GFA or elsewhere, to come and ask all the hard questions. Sure. Good point. Good point. Mm -hmm. Because we all have blind spots. <laughs> we, we have spiritual blind spots, and churches really need to see. In, in Revelation 3, I think of the church, you know, it did not accurately evaluate itself. He said, we are what rich and fine, and, and Christ said, oh, no, 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 you're poor and naked. And, you know, they, did, they evaluated themselves, but they came away with the wrong evaluation. Okay. Uh, Paul, you got anything else you want to add here in closing? No. If I can be of help, I'm certainly willing. Yeah, and again, we're so thankful. Paul and Susan are currently serving as interim missionaries, as well as uh, Dave and Trina Schof, and very thankful for you and all the other men and their wives that, that just don't want to stop doing ministry. So if you have any other questions, again, maybe give out the email addresses again. David Schof would be David L. Schof, all one word, S-H-O-A-F at gmail.com. And then Paul Stevenson, P.T. Stevenson, S-T-E-V. Victor, E-N-S-O-N, at gmail.com. And then mine is mfant at gfamissions.org. Thank you so much, men. Thanks for tuning in and helping oh, through you. this. Okay, thanks so much for listening to another episode of ReChurch. We trust it's been a blessing to you. Again, feel free to contact us at GFA Missions here in Greenville, South Carolina, as well as anything else we can do to help you. I want to thank GFA Missions for putting on this podcast.